Los Lobos is in town. They'll be playing at the Parker Playhouse Wednesday night in Fort Lauderdale. And on the phone with me is Steve Berlin of the band. And Steve, welcome to WLRN. How you doing? Good. Uh, you're out uh, on the West Coast, uh, so this is part of your, your tour. Los Lobos is on tour. We're on tour. Is this uh, the first since the COVID started? We actually started uh, in earnest, I would say, in August of last year. So it's been, uh, I mean, you know, the scale that we tour on, it's it's more like weekend warrior type stuff. You know, with the longest trip that we've had really has been about 10 days um, since then. So it's not like we're, you know, the stuff, you know, the bands that go out for three months or something like that. We never really do that anyway. So why is that? Uh, well, you know, for, honestly, from the beginning, you know, even like before anybody even knew who Los Lobos was, the guys all had families. And, uh, you know, now the kids are kind of growing. Now they're grandfathers. So it's the, the responsibilities haven't really changed all that much. But, you know, the families tend to go, things go weird, you know, after three weeks, much less three months. So we've never, um, even from the beginning, we never really stayed out very long just to sort of keep the keep the peace at home. Well, I got to oh. congratulate you because Los Lobos has had really wonderful success. The band is, what, almost 40, 50 years old now. Next year will be 50, man. That's I amazing. It was impossible. <laughs> it certainly seems impossible to me, but that's what the calendar says. Uh, and your history, you weren't one of the original members. According to my notes, you were a member of the Blasters. That was like a, a punk rock band? No, the Blasters were sort of like a... Uh, like rockabilly-ish, I guess, blues rockabilly band. Not completely dissimilar from Los Lobos, really. One of their early, you know, Lobos heroes, Ergo, you know, we put one of their songs on on our last record. Um, no, it wasn't really punk rock. I mean, any more than we were punk rock, which is not very much. Yeah. We were part of the scene, though. I mean, that was, you know, it's called punk rock, but, it, you know, the scene was much more, much broader, much more encompassing than just punk rock, for sure. The scene you're talking about is East L.A.? Well, this would be at more Hollywood of the early 80s. So that's where, you know, Blasters, Us, X, the Go-Go's, uh, you know, there's a zillion bands that came out of that that scene. How is it you became uh, a member of Los Lobos? Uh, well, I was in the Blasters, and uh, the the Blasters were always loosely held together. There's two brothers that literally fought all the time, uh, and other guys in the band who also liked to fight. And so there, it was never, um, there were very few times or days where it just felt like, well, this is going to go on for a while. And um, my role in the Blasters was very minimal. I was the, the, the lowest, I was the newest, I was the youngest. Um, I was not a hardcore record collector like everybody else in the band, so nobody really wanted to hear what I had to say about anything. And uh, when I hung out with the Lobos guys, as friends, it just seemed like, you know, this is a much more uh, convivial group of people to spend my time with. And, you know, I was 20 something years old. I didn't feel like I was making any kind of big life choice. I was just going to, you know, play with people that I like to play with. So uh, one day the Blasters were heading north and Lobos were heading south and I went south with Lobos and I was, you know, 20, I was what, 43 years ago, I guess. Los Lobos. When I think of Los Lobos, I think of Mexico. That's the first thing that pops in my mind, but they're actually from L.A. No, we're all, uh, Caesar's the only one that was actually born in Mexico. Everybody else is a uh, second generation American, as am I. So, no, it's, we're definitely an American band, you know. I mean, obviously, we, it, it's, we're influenced by the music of 
Mexico and really all of Latin America. But, you know, we're in our heart. We are we're American rock band, really. I'd say the only American rock band with that type of background, that, that, that influence of Latin America. There are others, but, you know, I mean, we have our, our, our niche, you could say, I think. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, don't, we don't think about it all that much, but, uh, you know, it's just uh, those were our influences. And, you know, the guys in the early days, they, they, you know, they went very deep on those influences. They, you know, they sought out the, the original masters of their instruments and some of the original songwriters and stuff like that. But at the same time, they were listening to, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Cream and the Grateful Dead and Crosby, Stills and Ash and, you know, every, like everything that everybody else our age, I assume you're my age, everything else we listen to. So it wasn't like they were, uh, you know, musicology students off like, you know, like with this, you know, stern discipline about what they were paying attention to. Steve Berlin is on the line, a member of Los Lobos, who's in town this Wednesday night at Parker Playhouse in Fort Lauderdale. The latest album, your 18th, is called Native Sons. Was this a, a attempt to get back to your roots? I guess that's how it came out. I think it was really more, I mean, how it came about was uh, we didn't have a, a label, a record label since uh, 2016. How does that happen? How does a band as popular as Los Lobos lose their record label? Well, you know, the world of recorded music is a little different than what it is when we started. You know, I mean, if we if we needed one, I mean, I'm sure there, you know, we could have gone out and found one. But, you know, it wasn't like we it, it certainly didn't impact anything we were doing. You know, we were touring all the time anyway. And it, a band of our ilk, it doesn't, you know, like the records, you could make a pretty strong argument that they kind of don't matter all that much. But certainly, you know, we didn't want to not make records anymore. And it just took a while to find a partner because a lot of one of the things that's changed so much about the record business is you know the way that deals are structured once upon a time it was you know when the world was all about going to a record store and buying records the deals looked a certain way and you got paid more or less on the volume of records that you sold you know these days that's a very 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 small part of what you know what the business is it's all streaming and licensing and stuff like that so it took us a while to for somebody to approach us with a deal that kind of reflected reality. You know, a lot of the deals are still based around an archaic sense of what the record industry is, which were, to be honest, very unfair to the artists. They were more or less like mafia contracts more than anything else. So um, there's a label called New West who had a lot of our friends on it. And I knew well from, you know, I'd made records for other people on the label, approached us with what was, I think, a very reasonable and actually a really good deal for us. So we said, yeah, let's do it. But this is late 2019, uh, not knowing what the future was about to hold for us. We, we at that time thought, well, you know, usually when we make a record, it's like two months. We take two months out of our schedule. The writers write, the you know, we get in a studio, you know, we sort of like line everything up to, to not be on the road for two months. And even at that point, which would be fall 2019, we did not have a window in 2020 to do that. So we started thinking like, okay, well, what could we do in around the windows that we have? And we thought, well, if we're going to do a, you know, we could do a covers record, you know, where we don't have to like maintain the, the kind of focus and the, you know, the, the, you know, the concentration that we would need to do where we're making a record of originals. So that's how it started. And then, you know, COVID comes and it, um, that sort of changes everything to a degree, but the concept of coming and going and making a record when time permitted also oddly enough felt you know was doable within covid so um 
we were able to find a studio that would allow us to distance and you know like it wasn't like we're sitting on top of each other like a lot of studios that we have made records in in the past and then i don't live in los angeles so as uh, travel you know there were lockdowns and there were you know all kinds of crazy things going on, on the west coast so as travel would be opened up i would go down there we'd work for three or four days i'd come home quarantine for two weeks <laughs> do it again and it was you know little bits and starts and bits and bobs and you know lo and behold a couple of months later we have a you know 13 songs done so that's how it happened the songs um, are, are 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 all covers of people from the west coast los angeles. los angeles yeah so it's actually very specifically lost so we thought about like you know okay well we're going to do a covers record you know what is it going to be we didn't want it to be like just a scattershot you know we kind of wanted to have a focus and have a, a point to it and uh, so we came up with the idea of making it about songs uh, by, for, about Los Angeles. It ultimately became all Los Angeles-based writers. And then part of it became paying tribute to the people that influenced us. So, you know, Buffalo Springfield, huge influence on us. Um, the Blasters, certainly, as, as we mentioned, huge influence on us. There's a guy named uh, Lalo Guerrero, who was sort of the father of Chicano rock if you will who uh, with, uh was a huge influence on us and then there was a band called the midnighters who were like you know when the guys were growing up when they were you know 12 13 14 they thought the the midnighters were like the beatles because they were on tv all the time they were you know they were on american bandstand and they were doing all the local shows and um those guys all became friends of ours they, they've been on our record since but we sort of wanted to pay tribute to them as really the, those were the that the guys in my band aspired to be when they were kids, imagining a life in music. Well, let me play a song from your new album. Here is Los Lobos from their album Native Sons, a song, if you're a Jackson Brown fan, you would know. Here's Jamaica Say You Will. Jamaica was a lovely one I played her as we lay in the tall grass where the shadows fell Hiding from the children so they would not tell We would stay there till the sister rang the evening bell Jamaica say you will help me find The daughter of a captain on the road sea She would stare across the water from the trees Last time he was home he held her on his knees Said the next time they would sail away Was where they
Jamaica Say You Will, that's Los Lobos, who's coming to town, playing at the Parker Playhouse on Wednesday night. Uh, do any of you know Jackson Brown personally? Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a friend, really. You know, we worked in a studio a bit, and, um, you know, we run into him on the road. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, that's, you know, a lot of these guys have become our pals, oddly enough. I mean, it's not like we go to Dodger games with him or anything like that, but, you know, we're, we're certainly, you know, I, I consider him a friend, and, if we ever need anything from him, we could, you know, reach out and ask. I'm sure. And from what I understand, he was very happy with our version of the song. That that's also incredibly gratifying. Who chose Jamaica? Say you will. Uh, that would be uh, Louis, I believe, who chose that. Uh, that you know, he he was, you know, he's our lyricist on almost all Lobo songs, and I know Jackson was a huge influence on Louis. You know lyric writing and how he approaches his craft. And, you know, to this day, I mean, I still think Jackson's one of the best lyricists we have. I mean, that that song in particular is just, it's amazing. Amazing song. Steve Berlin is on the line, uh, a member of Los Lobos. You're the, uh, you play saxophone and keyboard with the band. Did they have a saxophone and keyboard player before you joined? No, no, they did not. They had a, when the band first started, they had a guy who played a, a Mexican harp, which is like a, a smaller version of the harps that you see in your mind when you think of a harp. But, uh, you know, as the band slowly sort of morphed into rock and roll, there really wasn't much of a place for a harpist anymore. And evidently he was, he was the only real purist in the band. He was the only guy in the band that did not want to listen to rock and roll and did not want to go anywhere other than pure Mexican folkloric music. So he was not cut out for, uh, for the long run. And then a couple of years later, I showed up. Los Lobos first made an impact with your version of uh, La Bamba. I guess the band became more popular the more rocky you became. Well, you know, with the early days, it was really very, very much a folkloric, you know, it was, uh, if you're familiar with our catalog, there's a record called La Pistola y El Corazon, which is, sort of, that was the music the guys were playing the first seven or so years of the band's existence. And then, yeah, slowly they incorporated, you know, Rock brought a drum kit one day, an electric guitar, and an electric bass, and then lo and behold, we're we're not doing folkloric music anymore. So, do you, yeah. do you feel like you Is still it? represent the folk side oh, yeah. of Latin? No, music? absolutely. No, we still, you know, we still bring the instruments out when we can. I, I don't know if they're going to make it all the way to Florida, but yeah, no, it's still a big part of who we are. And you know, I think it's uh, you know being able to access those colors makes us, you know, that's one of the things that kind of makes us unique. You know, being able to play authoritatively play you know latin american folk music is you know it's a pretty cool thing to have in your in your quiver when you need it do you speak spanish very poorly <laughs> actually most of the guys in the past speak it's a dark a dark little secret they're not really good louis and god and, and Cesar are the only two that can really are you know converse uh and sensibly in spanish you know the Dave, me, and Conrad. I mean, those guys are way better than me. I mean, they could, you know, they grew up, you know, their parents spoke it. I'm, you know, I just learned it in high school. Very, I was not a good Spanish class student, but you know, it's still there. It's still part of the the story. It's still part of who we are. You know, it's, it, you know, you don't need to speak the language fluently to be able to appreciate it and play the songs. I love your Christmas album, but I again, I don't understand any of the words on it. I'm I'm afraid I'll play a Christmas song when it's not Christmas. Uh, well, the Christmas album, you're pretty safe that all the songs are about Christmas. You're, 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 you're going to be okay. We, we were pretty careful about that. Steve Berlin is on the line. Well, let me play another song. Tell me about, again, I don't speak Spanish, Los Chucos Suaves. So that um, I mentioned earlier, like one of the guys that we, we felt 
an obligation and i say that like not it wasn't a chore it was like you know we had to, to in some way pay tribute to a guy named lalo guerrero who was uh, you probably i mean he's obscure anywhere outside of, of the chicano community but he was the first guy to uh, to to make records specifically for chicanos which is not mexicans they're they're people that are largely born in america or came to america it was this sort of like hybrid culture of american and mexican culture and he was the first guy to actually write songs very specifically for for the Chicano community. You know, you know the the move, the play Zoot Suit. Like that was sort of like his era. It was the late fifties, that sort of weird amalgam of cultures. And but he was a really really gifted songwriter, um, very very insightful and incisive political. Like he wrote a lot of songs about politics and about, you know, prejudice and, you know, trying to make it in America. And he was also very funny. He was very, uh, he had a really, you know, kind of interesting sense of humor. So the songs are often like funny and very pointed about the things that were happening in and around his world. So, and again, as someone who we, we became friends with, we actually did a children's record with him uh, a number of years ago. And uh, his son is actually a good friend of ours, and we've done a, a lot of stuff with his son. So when we started this thing, that okay, we're going to do a Lalo song. So that's a song that we chose, Los Chuco Suaves. Uh, you know, sort of of that time. It's uh, like a late '50s, early '60s song. Kind of speaks to the possibly the end of the the Zoot Suiter era, and like just sort of what was about to happen in America. So you know, like 1960 and Nixon and Kennedy and stuff like that. So it's sort of like acknowledging the end of an era, more or less. Let's listen to Los Lobos from their latest album, Native Sons. Here's Los Chucos Suaves.
Milina Pachucona, las caderas a media. Ella le hace muy diaqueas cuando empieza a guarachear. Y al compás de los timbales, yo me siento pendaliento. Chicos suaves, baila rumba, baila la rumba y la zumba. Baila guaracha, sabrosón, el botecito y el alzón. Los Chucos Suaves from the new album from uh, Los Lobos. What's well, a new album? It came out last year, though. Yeah, late last year. It was like uh, August, I believe. Steve Berlin is on the line, a member of Los Lobos, and he will be here with the band next Wednesday evening at the Parker Playhouse in Fort Lauderdale. Are you are you playing with Taj Mahal? Or did I read that wrong? I don't think so. No, Taj is no. It's not us and Taj. Actually, Taj is um, he he got involved. Like, he got bitten by a a dog and from what i heard he's 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 going to be off the road for a little while very shocking and terrible i hate hearing that but uh yeah i i think he's uh recuperating from uh from that you do a lot of collaborations the band does a lot of collaborations yeah we do you know it's one of the things that we really enjoy you know i mean we sort of you know had 18 records i mean i've lost count i think we you know nobody really sits around and counts them anymore so the you know the things we really look forward to are are you know getting to do stuff with our friends or or people soon to be friends but yeah we've had a lot of really interesting experiences making records with you know the chieftains and oh golly leo kaki uh bobby womack uh, mavis staples elvis costello tom waits i mean it's uh, we've been really 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 blessed to be able to actually go into a studio with our heroes. It's not a lot of bands can say that they get to do that. And we've been able to have a, a ball making music with the people that we really admire. Well, it's really amazing that, I mean, I guess when you're playing around for 50 years, it's you don't know the directions that life takes you. And Los Lobos has certainly had a, a great run there. Uh, if you would have told me it was going to last 50 years when I joined up, I would say you're out of your mind. So <laughs> you never really know what the hell's going to happen. We certainly... Uh, We've been blessed, though. That that I can tell you. I mean, the original lineup, and you know, everybody's still here and healthy, and working. It's uh, it's literally a, a blessing. Los Lobos in town next Wednesday. For what it's worth, who chose that song? Well, that would be uh, I think David, uh, our guitar player, David Hidalgo. Uh, you know, he was huge Buffalo Springfield fan, huge Stephen Stills fan. So, as you you you'll see um i think they're connected so we also we we couldn't decide which buffalo springfield we, song we wanted to do so we ended up doing two connected so we do uh for what it's worth and then it, it, it morphs into uh bluebird um and i will say that you know on almost every song on the record we you know we tried to bring our own thing to it like we didn't feel like it was our job to just faithfully replay what the the artist originally played you know we wanted it to be our version of of the song that we we loved but on bluebird that was the only one where we were like man that is one of the coolest sunny records ever ever like can we get anywhere close to this so we we actually did try to copy uh the sound and the vibe and try to figure out what the hell uh, you know they did way back then and so th that was fun too like we don't normally really care about any of that stuff but that was the one one time where like you know we were trying to like 
match our mix to theirs and you know do we get this right do we get that right you know does this sound like you know i mean ultimately it ends up being our interpretation but that was the only time we really tried to get something that sounded like the original does steven stills heard it uh i believe so i've not heard from from stills uh we heard from crosby that he really liked it uh stills is a kind of a prickly guy from what i understand we've hung out with him a little bit you know he's he's still pretty intense so i don't know my my guess is he probably doesn't like it but i don't know why he wouldn't like it i mean it's (laughs) obviously we did it with a lot of love and uh what's the uh before i play it are you back in the studio are you writing more songs um you know at this point it's you know we're still rolling with this record um we're vaguely talking about it like generally the 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 process for us is like 18 months of uh, from idea to execution and we're not really we haven't even started that clock yet so i would say some point in this year we will start rolling with that and you know maybe look to put something out like more or less a year from now but you know the way we we have you know a pretty busy schedule this year you know we're touring all over the place and then uh come summertime we're also going to be out uh with the entirety of the tedeschi trucks band um their whole summer tour uh which is like i think five weeks or so and then after that we're going to be touring with the mavericks a band from uh from your neck of the woods sure raul uh for uh for a little while so um so it's going to be uh you know it's really things are pretty darn busy until next fall, you know, again, God willing. And, you know, please no more, no more breakthrough cases, no more new variants. You know, let's just hope that we can keep a lid on uh, all the insanity that we're dealing with right now. So, you know, everything I say is with that caveat, but, you know, if, as long as everything stays, you know, where it is or hopefully better, um, that's what we're looking at. So probably we wouldn't really even get started until late fall. If we were, you know, even if we wanted to do it, we wouldn't have time until then anyway. Steve Berlin of Los Lobos, and the band will be in town next Wednesday evening in Fort Lauderdale at the Parker Playhouse. Steve, Looking thanks, forward to it. thanks so much for talking to us, Steve. Man, my pleasure. It's been a while since we've been in Florida, so we're we're looking forward to coming back and seeing get. You know, it's not unusual for the guys in L.A., but for me to get some sun and some warmth. And uh, my daughter actually moved to Florida, so I'm going to get to see her and hang out with her for a while. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
There's something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I've got to beware Think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speaking their minds Getting so much resistance from behind It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Everybody look what's going down Stop chillin', what's that sound? 